Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And happy St. Patrick's Day! Um, By the time this episode drops, it'll be past St. Patrick's Day, but for us, we are recording on... The Luck of the Irish Day. I love St. Patrick's Day. It's always been one of my favorite holidays. Um, Even as a kid, I have, I still, my mom saved this little book I made in first grade that said like, about me. And I put what my favorite foods are. And you know, you draw what they are and you color them in. And it asked your favorite holiday. And of course, I was not a normal child. I said St. Patrick's Day was my favorite holiday. Um, And that's probably because my mom's family, they are Irish. Um. My mom's dad and his family immigrated here from Ireland, and so I still have relatives that live in County Cork, and um, the Moonies and the Mahoney's are big Irish Catholic family, so I have always been a big fan of St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing my green. I mean, we did get married on St. Patrick's Day, too. And we did get married on St. Patrick's Day, so not only is today one of my favorite holidays, it's also mine and Jason's anniversary. So this year, it's 14 years of wedded bliss starting on St. Patrick's Day. So I always like to say that we got married on St. Patrick's Day to keep the luck of the Irish in, in, in our marriage. But I think it's been a little bit more than that. That's kept us together for over 14 years now. Yeah, there's a lot of hard work on my part. Yes, I'm sure a lot of long suffering <laughs> on my part. <laughs> but we had um, green was the color in our wedding and we had green punch at our reception, and we threw Lucky Charms mixed with birdseed. <laughs> so it was good. 14 years ago. So we are spending our anniversary um, sharing it with you, some of our favorite people in the Riveted, and giving you our special anniversary St. Patrick's Day podcast. So without further ado, let's get to the news. And there is so much, like so much. So we have a field correspondent, um, our fan Zero. He's been sending me all kinds of Kickstarter stuff, and I've been looking at Kickstarter myself. So what I like to do is I just browse through Kickstarter. You know, you know the mindless scrolling. I'm watching like my Hallmark Mystery Channel, and I'll be looking through Kickstarter, and like if it catches my eye, I'm like, ooh, like I just put it in my saved area and then when it comes time for me to get the outline ready for the podcast I'm like holy crap there's so much stuff on here between what I'm getting sent and what I'm looking at so there's a lot of good stuff on Kickstarter everybody so I'm just gonna hit four things real quick um there's obviously more so you guys are really great at sharing news um on all of our social media outlets keep doing that when I miss something just because There's some good stuff right out there. Um, So first, I want to talk about pretty popular, um, pretty, I'm interested in it somewhat, and that is Everdell has two expansions on Kickstarter right now, Everdell New Leaf and Everdell Mistwood, as well as a big big box option and like an all-in option. So if you don't even own Everdell, this is another opportunity to get that game. It almost feels like Simon is putting this out with an expansion every five minutes. Well, it hasn't been every five minutes. Well, okay. They did do a lot of mini expansions. I'm kind of thankful that they put like at least two together in this Kickstarter as opposed to like what, like me, like piecemealing them out 
a tiny expansion, you know, every other month or something. Yeah, that's true. That is that is true. So Starling Games, we have Everdell New Leaf, which is a train station in Everdell. So that's cool. And then Mistwood. Uh, I don't know that I feel like I like Mistwood because there's like a big spider and spiderlings. Um, but you can play. The cool thing about Mistwood is that you can play that solo or two player games, which I think is pretty cool. Um and then you've got like the whole big box. But New Leaf has like new components. It's got these new, four new sets of worker meeples, which I think are adorable because I love the worker meeples. They've got bees and snails and cats and bats. And you know how I feel about wood meeples. And you've got um, rabbit travelers, frog ambassadors. So all of these adorable shape things, a little leaf sideboard for your new train station, and obviously more cards. Um, more events, some new forest cards. Then you've got these like cool ticket tiles for your trains and your train cars. Um, Just lots of really neat stuff in that. Mistwood has also four new sets of worker meeples. You've got pigs and stoats, which if you've ever read um, any of the like Redwall series, stoats are bad. (laughs) Stoats and weasels and foxes. Um, I love Redwall, and that's what Everdell makes you think of every time. They've got pigs, stoats, butterflies, and spiders, which I do not like the spiders, um, as well as the frogs and rabbits. So then you've got this night weave, which is the big critter kind of meeple. So that's what you're um, kind of fighting against. And there's some webs and stuff, and there's some night weave layer boards, and you know, uh, different cards. You've got this Corn Evertail, who's a new um, like hero kind of that you're working with, and that's kind of like a new type of mechanic for the game where you can have like this battle. So if you love Everdale, if you love cute anthropomorphic animals, if you love Redwall um, or Moss Flower, you need to look at this. So the Kickstarter has five days left by the time this. Um, episode drops so it's coming pretty quick and it's you get it's 60 dollars, but you get both expansions and there's quite a bit in there it's like two kind of big game components um so that is definitely something to look for the next thing oh what do you think about that sorry i just totally skipped over what you might think about (laughs) it yeah i was gonna make some comments uh so yeah i like everdell i like i don't haven't played any of the expansions we don't have any of the expansions, but I think these two new expansions are also going to come with a, a huge table that takes up the size of your room because <laughs> the board is ginormous. And just playing the base game, when everybody has their five by three grid or whatever it is, it takes up a lot of table space. So I don't know how you're going to fit it all. But if you like Everdell and you have a huge table, <laughs> I say go for it. Uh, yeah, it definitely it definitely is a lot of real estate, but it looks so cool out there. It with does. All cute little meeple yeah. guys. I don't disagree. I mean, there's going to be no animals left here before long too but there's lots of different variations we can work on they could like give like australian type so we got kookaburras and um koalas and you know tasmanian devils we never got into any of those so i think that there's all kinds of animals still tigers no we're running out lions tigers bears oh my um the next item of news i have will come take a lot less table space and this one is just pure on the fact that it's a different theme and i love it so much and it is called hometown holiday it is um a tv romance rpg so this is like a 
It says it's very beginner friendly, kind of role playing game based on cheesy Hallmark holiday movies. And I think that's hilarious. We talked a while ago about another RPG that was based on um, telenovelas, which I think was, I, I really wish we got that because that would have been fantastic. But this one is another fun one. I mean, you're obviously you're in a small town. It's two to five players, kind of comedy romance. There's one uh, game master. So you can be one of six characters that are kind of inspired by the, all those Hallmark and Netflix, like holiday movies, those tropes. So maybe you run a quaint coffee shop on Main Street or, you know, you're like this, you know, big town lawyer who has to go back to the small town or you're like the tough, like city uh chick that doesn't believe in love or christmas you know all those like tropes and then you run into you know the person of your dreams i I just think it seems hilarious it says that you know the character creation is kind of streamlined you just basically pick a class and a couple like one or two special abilities and so the games take like only two to three hours and you've got these kind of secret objectives and some plot twists so you can play it more than once um and because of its really accessible kind of uh theme you can play with lots of different like types of people family members who maybe dungeons and dragons is too hardcore for them but like oh yeah i can play like a hallmark movie that would be really fun so um that is called hometown holiday it only has about seven days left on Kickstarter, and it's only 10 bucks for a physical copy. It's just 5 bucks for, like, a PDF. Well, that's a good deal. I was going to make some snide comment, but that's a pretty good price. So ha! I don't Take even that. like RPGs, but I could probably play this one. I think it's an RPG, right? I, I kind of zoned out. Yes, I said that at the beginning. <laughs> that's why I zoned out. Uh, you know yeah. what? You should back this for me for our anniversary. It's only, like, $10. That's pretty cheap. Okay, so if you don't want to back that one for anniversary, the next one is also pretty cheap and it looks really fun. And this one is called Hojo Pojo, which is a dumb name, but it's Hojo Pojo, the awesomely delicious hot pot themed card game. Now, I love a good hot pot. I know a lot of people here in the West, we don't know about hot pot. Let me tell you, this Asian form of cooking is the bomb. It's basically like kind of fondue in a way because you got a big boiling hot pot in the center of the table and you've got all like the raw ingredients you've got your meat and your veg and you're just dipping stuff into the hot pot cooking it pulling it out dipping it in the sauce and eating it and it is delicious um this uh the creator is actually from singapore when i was in china for about four months we had hot pot and it was amazing so this is cards basically just cards and you are cooking food in the hot pot so that requires like action cards and then once the food is cooked you can choose to take the food and you also have to choose to take a sauce and you only get to take a food if you roll you have to you have empty bowls in front of you because you got to put your food in a bowl because we're not complete savages you roll the die and if whatever color of the die it is, you can take an ingredient that matches it in color if it exists. And then you've got to make sure that you have a sauce to go with it because you're going to dip into the sauce in order to eat it. So the act of like dipping into sauce and then putting it like in your eaten pile, that's how you score points. Um, and then 
you are playing until the sauce runs out. So once the sauce cards runs out, that's the end of the game. Whoever has the most points wins. There's also a player called the king. There's also a card called the king of the pot. And if you someone keeps it till the end of the game, they can play that. And there's like a final eat off <laughs> between the king of the pot and the person with the highest number if they are not the same. It just seems like so fun, quick, simple, easy, just cards. Um, that look really cute, actually. And it's just nine days left in the Kickstarter and 15 bucks. So really priced reasonably, family-friendly for sure. Looks like a fun, cute little little game. So that's Hojo Pojo. Yeah, this one seems really cool. I'm actually trying to pull it up on Kickstarter, but our internet is garbage. So yeah, I don't know. But this one does sound cool. I have it already pulled up on Kickstarter. Hmm. Should have planned ahead. I should have. You're right. I should have, but I didn't. So the last one I want to talk about goes from these like happy holiday, you know, anthropomorphic animals kind of games to deep and dark. And this one, this game is called Pagan Fate of Roanoke. Um, I really kind of love this kind of theme. And so what happens? It's a two player only game. One person is a witch. One person's a witch hunter. Okay. Pretty classic, right? Um, The cool thing about this is there's, like deduction involved. So there's like a set of nine townspeople out in front um, in between you, the witch and the witch hunter. I'm just assuming I'm the witch. <laughs> That's just usually how it happens. Um, so in front of me as the witch, there's nine cards. One of them I know is who I am, the witch. The witch hunter is looking at these nine people and saying, okay, I got to figure out who's innocent and who's the witch. The witch is then um, through their turn going to try and get these different ingredients to to cast this ritual which is going to make all of roanoke like return to nature like there's this whole you know big conspiracy and like what happened on roanoke island like their tv show is about this um and so this is kind of playing on that legend and so as a witch you're like calling in favors you are um so you're working with all of these different townspeople one of which is you so you're going to need to use the person that is you in order to like complete some things but you don't want to give you do that too much because that's going to let the witch hunter know who you really are and then they can you know burn you at the stake i'm not sure exactly how they get rid of you but that sounds about right the interesting thing is you each um the witch hunter and the witch each have a different board that they're playing things on. So the witch is like calling in favors. They're strengthening their familiar. They're doing those things kind of out in the open, gathering these potions and things. And they have a deck that has these unique cards that allows them to do these things. The witch hunter is trying to like make allies, find like informants and stuff to help him suss out who the witch really is and not, you know, like attack innocent people and accuse them or drown them or whatever. Um, And they have their own deck that kind of lets them do their own kind of thing. So, which is really cool. There's, there's some similar things that both the witch and the witch hunter do, but then they also have these decks that are kind of specialized to them. And when, as I was reading, kind of looking through the Kickstarter, I think part of the goals um, include these extra types of cards that allow you to like customize your deck if you are witch or witch hunter. So the replayability is big on that. Um, there's you get different vi- villagers that come out because um, you have more than nine villagers. So there'll be different villagers that you can use each game. Um, 
you've got like the ability if you want to play a more advanced game to kind of tailor um, your deck to your play style. I think that that just seems really, really dope. The artwork is cool. It's this nice, you know, slightly gothic kind of look to it. Ah, This seems really awesome. So um, Pagan Fate of Roanoke, there's 10 days left on the Kickstarter. If you like that kind of cool thing, if you like two-player games, or if you are just interested in that kind of theme, which is something that I am, it's $48. um, And you, I mean, you do get a ton of stuff. It's a pretty serious game. So, yeah. that's Pagan Fate of Roganoke. That seems pretty cool. All I could think of was that uh, Eureka Croatoan thing. Is that Roanoke? Not Eureka. That's Haven. Oh, yeah, Haven. Yeah, whatever. Either way. Croatoa, it, it, it's uh, sort of a similar... I think that's taken based on that concept. Gotcha. Yeah, that's all I could think of. But yeah, that game sounds kind of cool. Werewolf style type deal. Yes, but with two players, which you can't often do, it reminds me in some ways of Lawyer Up with the two decks that you've got going, but you add that then to like a deduction piece a little bit if you are the witch hunter and the witch is like is all about bluffing, subterfuge, and also set collection. I think there's a lot of cool mechanics in there. So I think that sounds cool. Uh, Yeah. Yep, I agree. That is as much of a short news as I could get today. All right, let's move on to some games played. Uh, This is my favorite part, because I like to play games. And let's get started. So the first game we played is the newest game in the Dark City's quadrilogy now i don't know what the word is um from facade games and it is called bristol 1350 quartet yeah i guess or just series would work too i guess um but this is the follow-up to deadwood that was the last one they also have salem and tortuga they all have years i can't remember the years so sorry um so in bristol what you're trying to do i'm gonna try to explain the theme that katie can correct what you're trying to do is you are trying to get in these carts there are three different carts you're trying to get out of the town of Bristol without catching the plague or without being in the cart with someone who has the plague. Well, they're going to infect you. Yeah, they can infect you. Yeah, so the way that that is done is by you're going to be getting these symptom cards, which are going to have a value of one to four. And if any point you ever have six or more, you have the plague. There are some other things that can offset that, but that's the general rule. And even if you get less than six, you still have the plague. So it doesn't really matter at that point. And then you're just trying to jockey position in these carts. You're trying to get the first one out without having the plague. Or if everybody has the plague, you want to be the first one out. Because <laughs> I guess that's the possibility to win too. I don't know. We didn't do that. But you want to just not have the plague and get out. So this is a cool social deduction kind of game. You're trying to figure out who has the plague and who doesn't. Who's safe to jump in their cart. Has gorgeous production. Looks amazing on the table. And I dug it. So what did you think about Bristol 1350? Um, I like this. So I like the games that come from this company. And I love that they're from Ohio. Like that also makes a great connection. And like this is really has this historical base. Like in 1350, this like port city of Bristol lost, I think, at least like a third, a third to a half of its population to the plague because sanitation was so bad like there's so many people coming in and out out this port town like it was just brutal and so i think that's really cool also the production value is so cool 
Um, you didn't have to pay that much more to get the deluxe. Not that we bought it, but um, you get these really sweet metal carts, like apple carts that you're riding in. Um, the dice are specialized. Like the color choices, I think, are really great. And you've got these little wooden tiny people. I wish they were bigger, but they sit in the carts. And so it it has some similar mechanics to um, Tortuga, which we 1667, I believe, which we really like. Um and there's kind of that, okay, I'm keeping if I'm sick or not a secret. I'm also trying to roll these dice to, like, get my cart to move more. Um, and I, you get to move whether or not you roll apples for your apple cart or whether you roll rats, which can, you know, spread the plague like we now know. Um, so you're trying to balance, like, I'll take rats if it means I get to get towards the edge of town. But also, I don't really want to get the plague. And then it's, okay... You can also play these like cool like special power cards to help you jump into other people's carts if they're moving far ahead and they're like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna get out. I'm gonna get on that cart, but you don't know if they're diseased or not. Or if you're in the cart by yourself and you're like, I think that fool is diseased, or I want to win by myself, which is my general motive. I will try. You can elbow them and try to get them to not jump into your cart. So there's a lot of neat like little things happening here in the midst of like just a basic kind of growl almost type game but also like rolling a little bit push your luck kind of there's a lot of fun little things going on in this game so I, yeah i enjoyed it yeah um i mean i did a video of this on youtube i don't think i like it more than tortuga but it's probably my second favorite one but again if i played it more i may like it more than tortuga but it's good all right so the next game we played is a game that came out last year it's like recent hotness i guess i don't know how how can how can we play these games like we need to go back to, like, games from the 70s. I can't believe we're playing newish games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but our buddy brought this over, and this game is called Quetzal. It looks like Pretzel, but it has a Q-U at the beginning. Um, I know Pretzel's not spelled with an A-L. I understand. But I'm just saying. And this is a game where you're trying to collect different sets of artifacts, like weapons, bowls, headdresses, statues, that type of thing. And you're doing that through some worker placement and bidding at spots so you can spend send three of a certain type of worker out to get try to get some cards but someone can come and outbid you and you get your workers back but the interesting thing is before you start the round you're rolling all of your meeples and depending on what side they land on is what action or what power or i guess where you can go so there's a white side and a black side one means architecture archaeologist and one means explorer i think i don't know white mm -hmm. and black and certain spaces only let certain people go to that space and you also have a big meeple that can be either color and if uh, when you roll your meeples they don't land on their backs they're wild and they can be you can assign them to whatever color that you want so there's some cool strategy in that and yeah it, it's just a cool worker placement set collection that i kind of dug and it looks nice on the table so what did you think about quetzal um, it wasn't bad. It definitely has the feeling of Stone Age, but without like that annoying um, push your luck rolling kind of mechanism for resources. So you're going to spaces and you're either trying to be the first one there or you're able to bid at spaces by putting more meeples there than others. So there's that kind of cool like, ooh, where do I want to go? And then if you get outbid, you get yours back. So then there's kind of a new thought of, okay, I got to change what I was going to do. And not only are you collecting these cards, but you have to place workers in order to be able to sell them, which is how you actually get your points. So there's this fine balance of collecting items, selling them in groups to get the most points. I also like how they have, um, you can get these like special powers that also count for points, but they can help you like maybe 
try to re-roll some of your meeples or get some extra points when you're selling certain things. So it's pretty simple, like definitely a lightweight game. Um, And so I liked it because I do like the, it has that archaeology theme, exploring theme, which I think is fun. But um, it it was just, okay. I mean, I played again, but. Yeah, I think it was a nice, um, a first, a nice first game to play in the night because it kind of gets you in. It has some rules. It has some strategy to it, but it's not going to make your brain melt. True. Um, the next game and the last game we're going to talk about is like new, new hotness. It was out of print for, or I guess print runs, in between print runs, hard to find. And it's called Lost Ruins Ruins of Arnak. And this is from CGE, I think. And I'm not sure. It's something yeah, like that. it's from Chet. The check games. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is effectively a worker placement game as well, but it also has some slight deck building. So what that means is you're going to be getting some new cards, putting them in your deck, but this is a little different because you never shuffle your deck. You're going to be putting the cards on the bottom of your deck, and you're just going to be cycling through, which is pretty interesting. So the more you thin out your deck, the more options you're going to have to get the better cards more often to take the actions. And every on your turn, you're going to take a certain amount of action or one action out of this list. You're going to go to explore some areas to try to get some good stuff, maybe fight some guardians. You're going to try to climb up this track because we love tracks. Uh, You may buy a card. You may get some resources. Just cool game. I I enjoyed it. Not super heavy. Made sense with all the rules. Everything kind of flowed together. I dug it. So what did you think of Lost Ruins of Arnak? I mean, I'd say it's not super heavy, but I, I... It's still challenging. Like, there's a lot to juggle in this game. And I really love that about it. Like, also, I won. So I have a very favorable outlook on this game because of that. But it really, um, it pushes you. It's a very tight game. You don't, you only have two workers. And so there are a lot of different spots where you could use workers because you need to get resources. Um, And that's just not going to happen. You've got two. And you also want to explore because you get new opportunities for spaces to place workers as well as you're getting goods from them. And then a guardian comes out, something that you can like fight, which you don't really like roll for combat. You just resolve what that particular guardian wants from you. So they want resources um, or money or whatever, or they can give you cards that are fear, which are negative points to go into your deck and their filler. Um, and but defeating them gives you points as well. And so you're there's like this really fine-tuned balance. You want to move up on this track um, to get more points that way, to get more bonuses, to get things, because it's really difficult to have resources in this game. Um, you're then spending resources to do everything from defeating guardians to getting better cards to getting artifacts that like have you know, immediate powers, which you need, like, it's just really, really tight. So if you don't like tight games, because you're bad at board games, um, you might not like this. That was not a direct slam against Dan, but it was. Um, It was. It's really good. Like, I, no kidding, I, after we played this, I dreamed that night about this game not like that i was in the game because it it does also have that explorer archaeologist kind of cool feel i dreamt about how can i run an engine to help maximize my turns in this game how do i get more stuff to turn into movements to turn into actions like i dreamt about that so it really does make you work work for it and use strategy um but i 
I I really liked it. I would love to play this again. I'd like to see how it works at two players. I don't I don't know if it's good at two players. I would think it's still as good just because it's not about blocking out spots necessarily. You just have limited stuff to work with. So there could be all the spots open, but you just can't get there because you don't have a worker or you don't have the resources. Um, So yeah, I really enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, same. I did like it. It had a lot of buzz, so I'm glad I got to play it because we love playing the new hotness here because that's what we do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right, so that's the game pl- games played. Uh, let's move into the main feature of this week's episode. So our feature today, it probably seems like a weird topic to do on St. Patrick's Day. But it's only a weird topic if you're not us who got married on St. Patrick's Day. So we wanted to kind of commemorate our anniversary and talk about games that feature love. And games that are about love and couples and people being together because Jason and I became one today, <laughs> 14 years ago. Is that a weird segue? I don't know. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, <laughs> let's just breeze over that and keep going. So we each picked three games that kind of have as part of the theme and the playing of the game around love and couples. So, babe, I will let you go first. All right, so the first one that I picked is, I think, my best pick on my list. It's the one that I have to explain the least, probably. And that game is Tanto Core. I forgot to put the other word. Tanto Core Winter Romance. So this is the latest version of Tanto Core. And the reason that I picked this one is, in this version, you are trying to court or date people so that you can I don't know if you get married in the game but you're trying to get in a relationship so there's a mechanism where I can say hey I'm going to try to date another player's card and they have to give me their best card and if they have it you can go you can get in a relationship and you get some points and stuff so the whole theme of this one is trying to build off those relationships and score as many points as you can by being in love so Tondra Quarry Winter Romance my first pick and my best pick it only goes downhill from here (laughs) <laughs> I love Tanta Quarry. Everybody knows that. Um, and Winter Romance, you're actually, it's not you yourself, but since Tanta Quarry is about maids, the Winter Romance um, expansion or solo type game iteration um, includes butlers. So I was all about this because of like gender equality. And then you are trying, you can, you send people on dates, maids, maids and maids, butlers and maids, butlers and butlers. And, by going on dates, then they're earning you points, and those couples are earning you points. Um, and I think the artwork's just good. It's just fun. I, I like Hantakori. My first one, I think, is also one of my best ones, because it's one that everyone thinks of when you think about a game about love. At least I do, because it's in the title. And that is Love Letter. Um, love Letter, again, it's that small game with um, little components, but Good, interesting choices and decisions. So this is um, AEG, right? And this is uh, Kanai, right? Yes, and it was AEG. It's not. It's with Z-Man now, but all the popular ones are AEG, yes. We have the AEG version. Yes, we have the AEG version. Yeah, Seiji Kanai. I know both the designer and the publisher. Well, the first publisher. I'm proud of myself. We need to just end the podcast now. Good job. And done. 
<laughs> and done. Um, so love letter again, the most basic gameplay. Everyone starts with a card. You draw a card. You play a card. That's it. But where the, the love, the romance comes in is the whole theme of the game is you are trying to get as close to the princess as you can to deliver your love letter because she needs to know about your undying love for her. And, you know, guards, you start with the guards. They're ones. They're pretty far away from the princess. And then you're going to move closer and closer and closer until you hit the king, the prince, the lady in waiting, and then the princess herself. Um, so again, the gameplay isn't super tied to the theme, but you're trying to get your love letters to the princess, be the last one with the card or actually holding the princess card. Um, in like the more deluxe version, you get a little heart token. So there signifies love there. Um, so my first choice of love thing games is love letter. I really enjoy this game. It's an easy one to teach. Um, easy one to pick up, easy one to carry around. For the longest time, I carried a little one of the little bags of this in my purse so that at a restaurant or somewhere where you're waiting, it's really easy to pull out this game. doesn't take a, bit, a lot of table space, um, simple to teach. It's really fun. So my first choice, Love Letter. Yep, that's a good pick. Um, we played a lot of this game. It's good. Um, my next pick may be a good pick, but we'll see. <laughs> and it is a party ish game meaning it plays more than four people and it's called ladies and gentlemen so the reason that i picked this hear me out in this game you're playing as a couple so a man and a woman couple you don't have to be a man to do the man side or a woman to do the woman side doesn't matter you just there's a male character and a female character each side of the game is going to be doing different things so the man the male character is going to be going to work at the stock market or whatever they do to earn money to be able to pay for all the stuff that the woman is doing on her side by collecting clothes and accessories and all that type of thing. And then at the end of each of that, you're trying to, the woman's going to ask her husband to pay for the stuff. If the husband can pay for the stuff, he will. If not, he says some condescending thing, gives the money, <laughs> gives the clothes back and moves on. So it could go on a, layaway. Yeah, that's true. You can put it on layaway too. So this, I effectively picked this because it's about old-timey married life so it's not as specifically love but it has a marriage theme and i'm going to use that to be the same thing in my opinion so my second one ladies and gentlemen um yeah i i feel like this is about working together as a couple and jay we've played this several times um but jason and i have always played it together as a couple and it's funny and silly, and it doesn't matter if you play the lady's side or the gentleman's side, but I think it's a good pick, babe. I like it. Okay, good. I, I was worried. <laughs> so my second pick is a game about marriage. This is more about the hunt for the couple, and really everything it revolves around dating and courtship, and that is marrying Mr. Darcy. Um, yes, this is a Pride and Prejudice, you know, obviously themed game, but you are trying to go through this game, attend these parties, um, work on all of your various talents and aspects in order to find your ideal partner. It may be Darcy, it may be Bingley, it's hopefully not Mr. Collins, but you are trying to make a good match. Mr. Collins needs love too. Well, that's fine. He can find it in, you know, Elizabeth's frumpy friend. <laughs> Someone else. <laughs> Someone else, not me. Um, 
I, I like this game because I lo- I'm a huge Pride and Prejudice fan. Um, there's also an Emma expansion. There is a print and play about uh, zombies, which I think is awesome. Uh, I, I just and it's just a basic it's playing cards. It's so easy, super introductory, um, but you have that fun, like, thrill the chase, get your man kind of thing. So that's my second choice, Mary, Mr. Darcy. Yeah, I mean, it's, I have nothing bad to say about this. It's a good pick because the whole, yeah, like you said, the whole thing's about getting married. So, yeah, I like it. All right, so my last one is a game that's pretty new to us. We got it last year, I think. One of the members of the Riveted posted about it, and it looked amazing. So I found a copy. And it is called The Legacy, or let me try that again, Legacy... The Testament of Duke de Cresci, or however you say his name. And the reason that I picked this one is this game is all about people getting married and building a family tree. So you're going to be starting out with, you know, the head of the family. They're going to have kids. Those kids are going to have kids. And those kids are going to have kids. So it's just about the the whole family getting married, having kids. I guess you could say falling in love. Back then, people didn't really fall in love when they got married. But it has that... Well, they Fam- could have. That's true. They could have, but they didn't always. So it has that family building theme that I think kind of goes along with the love theme. So I wanted to pick that because you're building a family. And most of the time that goes in some sh- shape or form with being in love. So Legacy, the Testament of Duke de Cresci, my last pick. Yeah, because you really... you. You find a match for yourself, and then you have children, and then you make matches for them, and then for their children. So yes, it is all about like let's let's build a family, let's let's put people together. I mean, some of it is let's marry them for wealth or power, or prestige. But hey, you're joining in a union. So my last game probably seems very similar to the game that I picked second um, because it definitely has that kind of. Regency era, Pride and Prejudice, even to Downton kind of feel. And that is Obsession. So yes, Obsession is in many ways about building up an estate, returning your family to um, its former like place of honor and prestige, as well as money. But the way that you're doing that is by... Um, throwing all these parties and things in order to catch the eye of the new people in the neighborhood who are wealthy. And you're hoping by putting on these events that they really like, that they'll really like you and then join you in that holy bond and you get their money and their prestige. So it's a beautiful thing. Not only that, as you're working towards like you're having a hunting party or we're playing whist and you're getting the servants out and there's a lot going on this game and I love this game like borderline obsessed with this game and uh, played- obsessed with obsession <laughs> yes it was a joke that didn't need to be restated um I- <laughs> we haven't played it in a while and I've been chomping at the bit to play this game because it's so good and so interesting and so many moving parts um But some of those moving parts are about putting the right types of people together at different events. And for whoever family, whichever family you actually are running, um, the Wessexes or the, what are their other names? I can't remember. Uh, Yeah, I don't remember. Pembroke, I think. Um, The 
the daughter of that family, she always, um, she'll give you a bonus if you put her together at an event with an eligible, prestigious young man. So you're also kind of trying to create those little alliances. So there is kind of coupling going on. Um, and ultimately, you are trying to secure the favor um, love and especially fortune of one of the Fairchild um, offspring. And that's your whole goal in Obsession. So that's why it's my last pick. Yeah. I After you talk to me about it, I think it's a good pick. So yeah, I like that one. I like that. And it's a great game. But why do you doubt me? Like, I know I know what I'm doing. I know. You're, you're pretty good at this. You're pretty good at the, the love stuff. You're good at that. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm good with theme, too. <laughs> so there are some games that we didn't mention that are probably honorable mentions. Honestly, this was more difficult um, than I thought it would be. Two of the main games that people always bring up when you talk about love games or couple games are Fog of Love and um, and then they held hands. But we have not played either of those games. And I think Jason would probably hate Fog of Love, even though I desperately want to play it. Uh so I think those would have been good picks if we'd actually played them, but we don't talk about games that we haven't played. Well, we try not to. Sometimes we do occasionally, but we But it's usually don't a huge mistake. <laughs> yes, it's usually a huge mistake, yes. Um, another game that I played a lot in college is this old game called Compatibility, where you have a partner and like there are cards that are turned out that I don't know if it was phrases or just single words. And you've got a hand of cards that are just these different pictures. And you're trying to lay a card that has a picture that represents um, whatever the topic is or the buzzword is and match your partner to get points um, to show that you're compatible. I mean, you could, we played that with friends and stuff in college, but I think compatibility is another kind of fun game that's along those lines. But other than that, I did not find a ton of games about love or couple. I mean, the other one we talked about was pursuit of happiness. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good one because you're building your life and maybe a relationship, but you don't have to. Right. That's the thing is last time I played, I'm like, eh, I didn't get into a relationship till I was like in my 50s or 60s. <laughs> and we were just casually dating because I was like, I'm, I'm doing my career. I'm focused on this other stuff. I'll need a relationship. And I yeah. didn't need it to win that game. Yep. So I didn't think that was the best choice. No, probably not because it's not a main focus. It's about life, not necessarily about love right so what did we miss because we are sure there are others out there but we honestly apparently don't know them <laughs> we're too busy playing games about trading in the mediterranean <laughs> to play games about love we love that theme that could have been on this list because we love the theme well i decided not to go abstract because i wanted to actually stick to the theme because i know how to use <laughs> theme in my podcast uh, yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, oh, look, there's this, There's something white here. I bet that's snow. It's a winter-themed game. Oh, it's red. There's got to be a heart in there somewhere. Yeah, oh. <laughs> so, what are the games that we missed? Tell us. Find us on Facebook. Join our um, Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. So many, so many great people in there um, that we love interacting with. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. And, of course... We have the YouTubes. So like, subscribe, get all your notifications there. Um, Jason's always putting out content. He and I have been talking about how I should probably do a video series, but I don't know what to do it on. So if you've got suggestions for that, please, by all means, let us know. You can slip into our DMs if you want, but not in a weird way. Um, because we love interacting with you guys and talking with everybody. Yep, I agree with all that. And also check out our friends over at the Board Game Rundown. We like to give them a, a hard time. Well, mostly Dan. But they're good people. They have a pretty good show. It's not pretty okay, 
but it's okay. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, nobody can be pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. Like we can. So check them out on YouTube. Um, they're pretty cool. So yeah. All right. Well, we're going to end the podcast, maybe shorter than normal because we have an anniversary to get to. So I hope you all enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. And if you are a couple, we wish that you will be together long and happy, just like we are. Oh, that's so sappy. That was sappy. All right. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. <laughs>